Welcome to the Tabletop Nights podcast. Yes, Greg, I'm doing more energy. Uh, <laughs> uh, joining me is Greg and Josh. Uh, we're sort of d- uh, relaunching the podcast in a way where we're going to start having a bit more segmented uh, areas of the podcast. We want to uh, have recurring themes and you know start doing lists. And uh, Greg's actually going to be doing a show and tell later, which is we'll see how that goes. It could be completely boring. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we thought we'd introduce, we thought we'd introduce some quality too. So absolutely. So yeah. whoa, whole podcast. <laughs> All right, cool. Wow, did you see that? <laughs> uh, before we get started, though, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, a amazing user on our YouTube channel on the last podcast said that there is a uh, website called Anchor where they allow you to host your podcast for free. So if you want to listen to the audio version, it is on anchor.fm slash tabletop nights. The link is in the description. Also, we're currently live streaming um, the live version of the podcast on twitch.tv slash tabletop nights. But if you're watching it on YouTube, welcome. This is obviously what we're doing it for mainly. My power just went out there a little bit, so sorry. (laughs) Uh, It is very windy here today. Do you guys have wind? Yeah. Well... Yeah. I, I do, but I've given up on those beans. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's horrendous outside. Uh, massive wind. So if the podcast suddenly drops, you know why. All right. Uh, first thing we're going to be talking about today is uh, Nemesis. Nemesis Lockdown, which is a funny title. <laughs> Very current and theme. Yeah, that's Awaken Realms uh, new offering coming out, I think. Yeah, so you made that, uh, you told me about that, Greg. Before we get into that, though, I thought we'd talk about Nemesis, the original game. Uh, which mm. I've played. I know Greg's played. Have you played that before, Josh? I haven't. Um, my experience with Nemesis has been watching you guys on uh, on YouTube play it, basically. So, no, it's one game I've always wanted to play. I've just never been able to, to actually play it with anyone. I don't own it. So. Uh, Tabletop Nights is a, you know, it's a hard team to get into, and unfortunately you just missed out on that uh, recording session. <laughs> understand. No, fair enough. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, I played it tw- twice. The first time I played it, Greg, I hated it, and you know that. Um, I was very bitter, which is why it never released that video. He was so salty. He was just <laughs> cracking it, man. Uh, so basically, Nemesis is a, I think it's one to five play game. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it is five. It's five main characters, yep. Yeah, uh, so you, you sort of, you're on a spaceship a uh, spaceship that's being uh, hoarded by aliens, basically. You've got a secret objective that you have to meet. It could be an objective to help your fellow men just to survive or to actually be a bit of an arsehole and uh, be the only remaining player or to kill player two or whatever. Uh, so that's where it sort of comes in. You never reveal your objectives to the other players and that's sort of where the excitement is and you don't find out till the very end when you've either escaped or... Um, been killed or whatever but even then it does the excitement doesn't end as greg knows all too well <laughs> yeah until the very last uh contamination reveals yes oh, absolutely yeah. so uh, when you're in the escape shuttle or the isolation chamber you then at the end of the game reveal cards and if you have like a what is it like a, a face hug a stomach bug thing type type alien in you um you can still die at the end of the game 
I like I like the way you said isolation chamber. Then I think you're still thinking coronavirus. <laughs> you, you mean like you mean like the hibernatorium? Hibernatorium. Or? Sorry, but it's which is still sort of an isolation chamber. In kind a sense. of. Yeah. Actually, we could do with some of those now. Maybe that would be good. Just sleep I'd through. love to hibernate for six months and come out and go. Oh shit, it's over. Yeah. And then you realize it ended like four months before. Yeah. <laughs> you just four months of your life. Oh, good sleep though. <laughs> uh, so your nemesis. Uh, I, I would say so. We talked about this yesterday, Greg. Uh, I was sort of trying to find out a list of like nine essential sort of games that board gamers have, not like Monopoly and all that. And I recommend, <laughs> and I said Nemesis, and you're sort of like, no, I, I wouldn't really say every board gamer has that. And is it because of the price? Do you think or no? I, I think the um, I don't think it's as approachable as some other games out there. So you know, I'd go Zombie Side say over Nemesis for your average gamer, right? So. Sure. Um, Zombicide, I think, is an essential, and you don't need all of them like I have. You know, if you've got one good one and you can bring it out all the time and play with it, awesome. On uh, the Australian tabletop nights, like buying sell group, you see people constantly trying to buy Nemesis. Um, I think there was thirty thousand backers for the first campaign, and uh, it come in like a few different waves. I know you got the core game, and then. Yeah, yeah. The other stuff came like a good eight or nine months later, which was the um, the fifth player expansion, I think. Oh, sorry. No. Um, it had a few extra bits and bobs, the 3D terrain and the Carnomorphs and the Kings and stuff like that. So, Have you played any other games that are very similar to Nemesis or is, is that a very like its own thing? I would actually say that Wrightbusters is getting close to that. Okay. Like I've played a few of those now just by myself and I've put two online each time I'm making less mistakes, but, um, <laughs> but I've got you sort of the noise thing and the spawning and things popping up a bit more unexpectedly. It feels different, definitely to zombie side. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning. It's a bit more nemesis. So I reckon somewhere in between. Uh, and Josh, in you, of- you said you wanted to play it before you saw us actually play. What, what's the appeal from an outsider who's never played it before? Um, well, for me, I, I quite like the thought of a game that, um, you're all kind of working towards the same goal, but at the same time, you don't absolutely know what someone else is trying to work towards. So it's kind of that that hidden information, um, but at the same time being a cooperative game, I find quite fascinating. Um, at the same time, I can understand why it wouldn't be for everyone. I can understand when you put two hours or two and a half hours into the game and then find that your mate who you've been working with the whole time just wanted to kill you isn't, isn't ideal. Um, but for me, um, it was just a game that I'd heard a lot about. And I know there are some, some people really like it. Some people really don't. It was just the game that I wanted to play just to see how I'd feel about it. Cause I don't, I haven't played a game like that before really. Yeah. Greg sort of was always like, we should play Nemesis. We should play Nemesis. I'm so glad that we got around to doing it. And that I demanded basically every day. I was like, Greg, we must play this game again. Cause the first time I did, I just didn't get it, give it a proper go. Uh, but yeah. look, I had reasons that so the first time I played it was it was really rough for me. So basically, I didn't do anything wrong. And I've said this on a podcast before. I didn't do anything wrong. But no matter what I did, I was getting killed. I was getting wounds. I was spawn, uh, in rooms with fire and the, the fire was spreading and chasing me. And I just, I, I was, I play, we played for about an hour. And the whole time, I didn't do one thing but run, a, <laughs> run away, which is sort of the experience Dave had in the second one. Uh, but how many times have you played it now, Greg? Oh, probably five or six times, but it's one of those games that 
unless you play it regularly, you you quickly forget how it plays. Yeah. Uh, and what yeah. the strategies are and, and a lot of those little fussy rules and the spawning out of the bags and things like that. Whereas, you know, you can go almost go into any version of Zombicide and it's pretty much the same and you can keep going. And um, so I think that's why it's not one that I regularly bring out. But if, if you've got the right group and they, they love the theme, it's it's a really good one. I do love the theme, um, which is why I'm excited about Nemesis Lockdown which uh, is scheduled at the moment. You can't really go off schedules, especially with everything that's going on, uh, for May slash June Kickstarter. Uh, it's a standalone uh, version, which excites me because as somebody that doesn't have the original Nemesis and chances are I won't have my hands on that for a very long time. That's pretty exciting that it is a standalone version. Um, yep. It's a little bit different though. So basically, I think uh, the Nemesis is, is on a ship that's flat basically a flat ship whereas uh the nemesis lockdown is level a leveled map i believe you don't actually physically get levels i don't think uh, but they do say it is stairs and elevators to access the different levels so that's cool uh did you guys read up on the the preview campaign that they had out well the, the only thing i saw was that you know there's kind of like an end game part that you don't really know. You can only mm. find out information by eliminating other theories along the way. Yes. Um, okay. And I just saw the nemesis name and thought, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably be interested for sure. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm not sure whether um, <clears throat> the current nemesis does that have a solo mode. Yes, it does. Uh, does it? I think it does. I do think it does. Let me, let me bring up some. We've actually got because sometimes I get confused with. Um, What's the other one I've got? Uh, oh man! Edit this bit out, will you? Um, and, and anyone, list, anyone listening right now, don't just ignore this bit. I think it does have a solo mode. I think I'm pretty right. sure it does. I, I know I, life, life form is the other one. I, I think I was thinking of that definitely does. Um, yeah, I, I did see in the new one that, uh, well, in lockdown, that there is a advanced solo mode with a companion app. Um, okay. That's yep. obviously uh, non-essential, but um, it seems quite cool for someone like me who actually quite enjoys solo play in board games. Um, that's something that I would be keen to to try. Yeah, look, I'm pretty sure one of the mission comics actually leads you through a solo. You can play it like a solo campaign. Yeah. Game. Okay. Cool. Which would be a completely different experience, I guess, because you don't have those secret objectives that you don't know what the other people are doing. Um, but as Greg mentioned, there is a sort of in Nemesis, it's very like I need to go to Mars. I'm going to turn to uh, I'm going to turn the ship facing Mars. Whereas now in Nemesis Lockdown, there's I don't know. There's like a, a, a what is it called? I wrote it down here. Uh, blah, where we are, Red Alert or something like that, where you you don't know if you're going to activate the end goal. It is a process of elimination, which I think will be really fun because you but. It's sort of frustrating because it does add another level of randomness to it and luck, in a sense, um, which is a little frustrating for me. Well, look, I suppose because it's elimination, though, it's it's what you do with that information and how much you can share. So it'd be interesting to see how that mechanic works. And I, I think... I'm not sure. Are they, are they offering all the previous stuff on the new Kickstarter? Does it mention that I think they did say they ha- they have options for that. Uh, and they are hoping, that, again, it's early days, they don't know, but they are hoping that it will be compatible with the previous version. 
So they do want you to be able to use the previous aliens and whatnot, as as well as the new ones that will be um, on there. Uh, one thing that they did note was uh, there's going to be a lot of lighting in this game. So whether you um, have a layer of a ship and you're working together to make sure that area is well lit and whatnot. Um, so that's mm-hmm. going to be really cool and a bit intense. And they also said that the movement and the noise is is much more intense as well. So... So apparently you can use characters and alien species from the previous Nemesis. However, they won't be selling the Nemesis core box in this Kickstarter. Okay. Um, but you will be able to access previous expansions, apparently. So they're not going to be selling the core box, but it seems like they are going to be selling previous expansions to the original Nemesis. Which is a shame. Because, like I said, a lot of people are really struggling to get their hands on a copy of Nemesis. I feel like that's lost income for them for sure. Well, maybe the retailers are starting to pick it up now. Yeah, you know, possibly. Maybe it's, maybe it's mainstream enough. Does it um, does it have a lot of add-ons and bits and pieces? Because Awakened Realms are kind of, you know, they do tend to have quite a few, particularly like things like Lords of Hallis and that. There's lots of little boxes you could add on. Mm. I'm hoping we get back to more. This is a really good core game that you just want to keep replaying and getting better at without having to think, oh, which variant are we going to play this week? So, yeah. It does What's... seem to have a few different boxes on the actual uh, draft, um, I suppose, the preview page that's currently out. Um, so that probably suggests to me that there's going to be a few different either campaigns or expansions with maybe different aliens and things like that but um not sure i do i do know i don't know how you you guys feel about this but i find it a bit um i'm unsure whether i like when a game's bought out on kickstarter and they have like six expansions that come with the game i hate that (laughs) i hate it it's like it's like well either those expansions you feel are kind of essential to the game, so they probably should have been the core game, or shouldn't you just bring out the first game first and then the expansions come later? Yeah, look, I think as one. long as it prolongs gameplay and maybe introduces some new elements. But again, like I said, I'll pull out a favourite that's a one-box game, like, say, in the Hall of the Mountain King, right, which is now retailing pretty cheap. Like, in Australia, it's only like 55 bucks. You can get it at one of the stores here. And you just want to get better at it. You want to try it again and get try a different strategy and how can I block my opponent? So if every yep. time you chuck in a new... Because I think gone are the days where people only have three board games on their shelf mm. and they keep replaying it, right? You, you don't. You go and grab the next one, the next one, the next one. So I think it's a mistake if they go too far down that road. Sorry, computer's yeah. just spazzing out. I'm going to close a few windows here because, all right. Um, yeah, look, I whenever Greg has a new board game, there's about six, seven boxes. I get a little bit of, uh, like, you can never, we'll never be able to play all that. That's like, but he's a collector, so is there is a sense that you don't actually have to buy, you don't have to pay extra for all those things, and you're not necessarily yeah. going to miss out. I've I've never felt like I've missed out on a board game that Greg Haggis because we've only played the core game. Um, I feel like it's only really is only for those hardcore fans of that game or collectors really. Uh, like I, I would, I'm already waiting. I would love some more expansions for Lord of the Rings journey uh, journeys in Middle Earth. That would be awesome. I would like some extra content boxes for that because I'm a big fan of that game. But in a sense, it's one of those things where you only have to get the expansions 
if you want. It is a little bit weird though. If it was if it was the video game industry, you'd they'd be judged pretty hard. Like, shouldn't this just be part of the normal game type thing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, I've been banging on about Rockbusters lately because it's the latest thing. But there, I think there's there's like three boxes for that, right? Even though it looked like a lot in the unboxing, there's kind of three main boxes. One's just like one big critter, like, you know, this guy. Oh, massive. Yeah, massive. Right? Um, the rest is mainly different heroes you can use, right? Which is good. So that mixes up your gameplay. You can try a different strat next time you, you go out. So that I thought that one was a really good balance for a change. It was just enough um, expansion stuff to make it interesting. But obviously, if you just bought the core game, it'd just be the one box. Yeah, and you get about eight or nine missions, maybe ten out of the core box. Um, so yeah, Nemesis, lo- Nemesis lockdown, May June. Let's talk about Rockbusters. Um, mm. That's been doing really well on the channel, so good job with that, Greg. A lot of people. Uh, how, do you know how many people backed that roughly at the top of your head? Because I, I know you were saying it didn't get as much as t- attention as you thought. I think it, it was would. about six thousand. Okay, so that's really that's really weird because uh, usually when we do release a video that has about six thousand backers, it gets views, but not to this point. So there obviously is a lot of people that missed out on it. Perhaps I don't know. Yeah, a few of the comments on the on the videos have been saying, "Oh, I wish I'd seen this one when it when it came up," and it, it's I don't know. Maybe um, people were just thinking Mythic Games. It's all Joan of Arc, and it's all you know. They'll it got hidden by some of the rush for that, maybe. Yeah, right, right, potentially. Um, I'm just going to close another window because it is lagging up a storm here. How have you felt about Rockbusters in, in general, Greg? Obviously, you've played through a few missions now. Um, is yeah. it what you expected it to be? Is it different to what you thought it might be? Um, I'm, obviously, there's a fair few rules in the game. How, how have you gone about that? Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm... I'm... I know um, Z Garcia from Dice Tower gave it a bit of a shellacking, I think, but um, yeah. the rules are a bit fiddly. You know, it's sort of written like a bit of a narrative. So it teaches you start here and work your way through the book. And by the time you get to the end, you might have forgotten some of the bits yeah. at the start because the same um, concept is mentioned in a few different places in the book. So until you've read it through a few times, played it through a few times, I'm lucky because we've got viewers and they can go, well, you got that wrong, you got that wrong. And I go, okay, I didn't yep. read it that way. Sometimes it's I've absolutely got it wrong. Other times I've interpreted it the wrong way. So that's why I really love when we get those comments because you go, ah, yeah, okay, I can see how you got that. So yep. the more I play it, the more I figure it out. But as I, I've said this on the videos, as an experience, I find it more um, enjoyable than like Zombicide. Because Zombicide starts to feel a bit samey. So it doesn't matter which version you've got. It's characters, character boards, roll the dice, do it the same. Now, this is very similar in look to Zombicide. And some of the mechanics are. But I think the spawning's much more different. The enemy patrols pop up all over the place. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Now, I don't actually mind playing it solo myself. I've probably played it seven or eight times now even not on film. Is it is it the type of game that when you are playing it solo, you're like, oh, I'd, I'd love to play as another person. Like, this would be so much fun. Oh, yeah, because what happens is things like um, if you're in the same area, your, your team can help contribute to the attack, right? They can play cards and things into that mix. So it's a bit more cooperative. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some big moments. Like, for example, I was doing practicing mission two and I thought, great, I've got... I've, all these guys had come into one area on the map 
And all I had to do was chuck in a grenade, right? So I did that, but it gave one wound to the guy who I'm supposed to be rescuing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he's got two wounds. He's it's got a two wounds. That, yeah, that's okay. But there's also a tracker bomber in that area. And when that gets wounded and blows up, it causes another wound to everything in the room. So I actually killed the scientist I was trying to save. So, <laughs> so, oh, no. so I've done all that hard work and I could wind it back, but it's too hard. So it's like, I've got to really play it again. Um, but the way the patrols turn up through different doors, it's just a cracker. I'm loving it. Really enjoying it. Uh, so the plan with this podcast is to do it every fortnight, which I mentioned before. We are hoping to do uh, the next next uh, next fortnight a sort of top 10 list of solo games we would recommend. So you might see that on the list, potentially up to Greg, up to Greg if he wants to chuck that in his, in his three. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I did notice about Reichbusters, uh, Greg, whilst watching you, is it, is it difficult controlling four characters? I've always thought this when playing a game solo, is it difficult when you have to remember things about numerous characters? Look, the, the one thing I did, I'm getting better at is that they can all have individual skills. So as you get heroic points and at the end of the mission, you can add more skills and they're all little things that go on their player boards, but you go, it, it, the accounting will become a lot more tracking after yep. you get into like two or three missions. Cause you'll go, Oh, I forgot. They've got focus, vengeance, stealthy, yeah. right. And they all have little intricacies. So I'd say you can definitely play it without all the skills. The cards seem to work okay. Cause there's a lot of sharing the information anyway. So I don't find yep. that a bit difficult, but you know, I'm always forgetting to use focus for red hawk, or I'm always forgetting to do something for someone. And then you yep. go, Oh shit. I just, lost to that enemy when actually if I'd remember that I could have re-rolled that blank one, right? So there's lots of things that can allow you to redo re-rolls and defensive yep. moves and stuff like that. But um yeah, as two players could definitely do it okay, but one each, it, that's the sweet spot. It's gotta be. Uh and you'd have a lot of fun. Mm. I, I think when we can all get back together in the same room again, <laughs> um I I'd definitely um, knock out the campaign with you guys. Whereas, sure. whereas on the opposite spectrum, Arena felt a little bit empty when you're playing one person. It definitely felt better when you're playing two. Yeah. Um, so it's it's weird. It is weird. It does get a little frustrating though when you are playing games by yourself and you're like, oh damn, I forgot to do that. Oh, I'll just do it now. Like, <laughs> but then yeah, when... and then you then you feel like you're cheating yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I do that all the time. Journey It's like, oh, I would have gained that anyway, so I'll just grab it now. I say you do cheat. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit. Like I'll be like, oh, but and then when I was recording journal uh, journeys in Middle Earth on myself, I was like, now I should have done this. Normally I would, but because we're on camera, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, awesome. all right so uh that was cool uh our next segment show and tell so greg you have a board game of what eight nine hundred board games at this stage so so for people who are going to be watching this um later you're gonna have like a nice little banner that comes up and goes show and tell or something like Ba-ding! that you know? yeah with greg's voice <laughs> some big graphic <laughs> I mean, I think you should. yeah so i i brought um um, the beautiful Dragonlance. Um, so Dragonlance is a, was a book series from, um, there was a company called TSR. I think they're still around. They were doing lots of sort of dragony um, science fiction, not science fiction, fantasy stuff. So Laura and Tracy Hickman, they came up with the Dragonlance series. And then Tracy Hickman caught, um, met up with Margaret, uh, uh, sorry, uh, who is it? Margaret Weiss. 
and they wrote a whole heap of series of books um, about um, prophets and prophecies and fantasy and you name it. But um, this was a board game I bought in 1988. You actually bought it in 88, did you? I bought it in 1988. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so beaten up looking. Um, It's just kind of, you can see it here on my screen. You can see all the the cracks and crevices. Um, But when I, I can't show you the back right now because everything will fall out. It's one of those boxes (laughs) that it'll just go berserk. And I'll show you why in a minute. But um. It just captured my imagination when I saw it. Now, I'll, t- I'll talk a bit about the game plan in a second. But is, I'll just, I'll is this game in your Dungeon of Doom or up in the main collection area? I know, it's in the main area. Oh, it's, good. It's, it holds a special place in my heart. Well, if you're curious, it's a 5.3 on BGG. So. Yeah, so it's awesome. Game, you just, I don't need to talk about game plan now. When I, when I lift the lid, look, remember cellophane? <laughs> you know it is it's as i get more board games it is the type of thing i want to do i, I do want to buy older games and start collecting older ones that's something yeah. i definitely want i'd love like you know a really early early copy of um monopoly you know that would be something i'd, I'd love to have yeah good luck with that <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something i'd love to burn um, <laughs> so this is this is two to six players Ages 10 and up, and there's two levels of play. We have basic and advanced. Wow. Which is pretty good for nice. back then, I think, to yeah. have two levels of play. Wow. And if, if you look at the beautiful glossy color booklet, right, it's got some stuff, lots of text, some magic cards, things like that. Is it written in ye old English or? No, no, it's, <laughs> it's perfectly legible. Okay, good. Lots um, of just, text, isn't there? It's like I'll just quickly show you a couple of, of bits here. I'm going to, but the board just, I thought the board was fantastic. Like it was really massive. Uh, it's a big board. That's pretty. That's pretty nice. I, I like the look of that. Right, and then you have got like a little tower in the middle, and maybe someone can find a picture of what the tower and stuff looks like when I come back off here. But um, you got this little tower that you build in the middle, and it has all these. There's all these different gates that you have to fly through, and. Look at that styrofoam. That is medieval. Have you ever had a styrofoam insert, hey? hey? That's why I wow. said I couldn't turn up and show you the bottom yeah. of the box. Yeah, yeah. Literally, it all just falls out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the towers go in these little gates and things. Um, there's the, the, the dragon lance. I suppose there's only one of those. It's one, yeah, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to fly from your area around to the back of the tower, go in through your colored gate. And grab the dragon lance and get back and land at your territory. Looks like a broomstick. So look, look, see, it goes goes in the little dragon like that, just snaps in beautifully. Nice. <laughs> so that's and, literally what the game is about. This dragon that lance. piece of plastic right there. This yeah, so you've got all these dragons. And right? lance, as you lift and it, lance. as you lift this dragon, like the bases always fall off. Right? <laughs> yeah. But then what happens is as you're going forward, you can only go up one level of height or you can go down two levels of height, right? And then you can turn and things like that. And they, they measure height with all these tokens. Wow. So what you do is you have, you have big piles of these flying dragons on your board. Sitting on th- those tokens. Right? Oh, Sitting God. on that. Right? And then you try and... and this is what happens <laughs> basically every time you play is it just falls you knock someone knocks the table and they all the dragons go flying everywhere 
Um, <laughs> I was wondering that actually. Was... There's like these flying citadels that go around the tower and they have different abilities. Look, you can go there and get the flute of wind dancing. Ooh. Nice. Nice. The staff of Magius. Dragon armor, all these different things. Um, but that can only go to one of your dragons. But there's no way of indicating which dragon's actually carrying some of these things. So your hero's on one of your dragons, but you you can't actually indicate which is your hero dragon. Right. So I started using like red paint to actually yeah. paint them so you could actually signify some of that stuff, right? So um, heaps of beautiful cards. There's no linen finish here. I don't think linen existed um, in 1988. Um <laughs> Lots of beautiful cards. But look, honestly, when you set it, I'm, I'm actually going to turn it up so you can see the, the base. Uh-oh. And, and, <laughs> and to help with the mess. So get ready. Lay it down with oh, some God. bricks. No, no, it's just going to go everywhere, but that's okay. Oh, God, that sound is... So when it's all set up... Oh, wow. Like, it looks pretty sweet. It does look That cool. is pretty cool. See how shiny those dragons are, the gold ones? They're not like that inside. <laughs> so yeah. I, I have a few comments here on the yeah. BGG. A friend of mine still has a copy and we used to play it 30 years ago. It was a neat concept for the game with the different elevations, but I recall the finicky pieces were frustrating, making it less desirable to play it regularly. So basically oh, what you yeah. said about knocking them over uh, seems uh, like a recurring theme. Because yeah, you want to do like a big dive, you got ten pieces under it, and every time you move it, it's just wobbling around. It's just crazy. I just love the fact that the dragon lance is that tiny bit of plastic that is basically the basis of the whole game. And yet now you think about like ret return to dark tower, and it has like this incredible piece of technology sitting there in the middle of the table. And yet back then, nineteen eighty eight. Uh, it was all about that little plastic dragon lance. And that lance would have been like the best thing ever. Like, oh! So we, we've just lost uh, Josh's webcam a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Josh, you're frozen for some reason. Let this, can you this, hear me still? Yeah, yeah. yeah but th this might be a good uh, good time to talk about your Barack Obama hat you're wearing It's the perfect phrase. That's great. <laughs> oh, um, thanks. What, why um, have you got a Barack Obama hat, mate? Well, for one, it's not Barack Obama. Oh. Um, no, it's an Australian rules footballer here. So for oh. viewers that live in Australia, you may uh, may know of Eddie Betts, who um, is oh, the great Carlton rules player, footballer. the great Carlton oh, player, the yeah. great Carlton player who played for Adelaide. Also, this is actually an Adelaide Crows beanie. Um, do you go for you Adelaide? Go. Do you? No. Well, my um, my partner's brother uh, plays for Adelaide. Oh, okay. So oh, there you so go. So there's a lot of footy in your family. There is a lot of footy in my family. I, I was actually that. watching the a rerun because they've got on Channel 7 at the moment of the old football games. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, oh, thanks so much. I love how so we get all the viewers, by the way, while there's a frozen webcam. Everyone starts coming in to watch it. Anyway, sorry. Right. I think Josh's performance has been pretty um, pretty frozen anyway, to be honest. Let's <laughs> So here's a little game called Watergate, a little two-player game. So if you can get this in your home with um, someone, even um, you know your partner or the so lady wife, or whatever. based off the cover, it is based off the actual Watergate, the Watergate scandal. Okay. Yeah, so it, that's the it's hotel. Like a, it's, a, it's like a very light Twilight struggle or making of the president. Okay, it's really it, it's it's essentially. Um, 
I'll just give you a quick run through. Is there a section where Forrest Gump is warning the hotel about the lack of lights in the other room? Uh, <laughs> no. Did he meet Nixon? I, I I know he met JFK, didn't he, in um, Forrest Gump? There's a there's a bit where he's in a hotel and he's like, he's calling them and he's like, oh, the people downstairs don't have any lights because I can see their torches flashing around. Ah, uh, that's right. Classic. That's right. Um, look, thematically, um, one player just plays a newspaper editor and one player uh, plays the presidency and you're just collecting tokens. There's a little track here where you push and pull different other tokens and you're really just trying to build a path of evidence from nixon to two of the suspects so it's essentially just a little abstract placement game here but you it's all this great card play um that allows you to move things and stuff each other up so it you know sort of got you can play it as a movement or as an event so very much like those other twilight struggle games okay. so uh, it is just like a two-player game they're based off the just box. a two-player yeah, game and cool. it's really it's fun and it's tense and it's simple. Would um, you say that you have to be familiar with the Watergate scandal? To absolutely play? not. But thematically, it fits beautifully. Okay. It's one of the best themed, very simple abstract games that I've I've played. Really enjoyed it. Well, it looks pretty cool. So get out and get that one, kids. Well, actually, there was something that Josh was going to mention last week. Um, that there's, uh, I'm not sure if it's still active, but the coronavirus board game. On Kickstarter, uh-huh. yeah, there, there was one. Yeah, I don't think it's still active. It is the Frozen Man speaking as well. Um, Hi, Frozen. I'll just put a photo um, there of you. Don't worry. Josh, about it. are you frozen? <laughs> I am. Yes. Let it go. Let it go. There's a, there's a joke for the kids. Uh, yeah, good one. I like it. Um, no, I, I don't know whatever happened to that on Kickstarter. To be honest, I'm not sure it was. I think it was actually being funded at the time, but I think the campaign's finished now. Um, Probably. It was a coronavirus wow. board game, believe it or not. And I think it was funded. It wasn't asking for a lot. In fact, I think it was asking for like 330 Australian dollars. Was it, Where was the money going to? A good cause? Or? I think it was just going to the people making this coronavirus board game. To fund oh. the board game? What are you... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, but I would have thought anyway. A, a good old print and play. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about it. But on Watergate, actually, Greg, I've. Uh, t- I know Tom Vassell from the Dice Tower loved Watergate. Yeah. Yep, loved Watergate. Recommended it very highly, and said that you don't have to come in knowing anything about Watergate, but oh. it actually can teach you a lot about Watergate by playing the game. That that's, is true. That's awesome because I only. I don't really know anything about it to be honest. I know I'll what it you, is, but. All right, Victor. Over this break, you need to watch all the President's Men. Find that movie and watch it. How old is it though? Because Daisy won't watch it with me if it's too old. <laughs> well, it's big from the 80s, but it's about the Watergate scandal. It's Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman and it's fantastic. It's, sure. it's based on a book by someone who was involved uh, at the time. Um, as I might have even been, um, I can't remember who wrote it. I don't know if it's Woodward and Bernstein, but it is an amazing story. Um, I'm just... No, I can't. I can't seem to find this game on Kickstarter. The Corona one, no, but it's no, not. Can I. Kickstarter's not the most intuitive search engine, to be honest. Oh, clipping, man, clipping! Your level just went way. Oh, up. oh, oh! The the uh, did I really? Yeah, yeah. Your voice level went. Yeah, a bit crackly. Oh, crackly. So it's not yeah. loud. Clipping. Well, that so, is. Oh. So I, I don't. I don't really want to. Um, 
try and fix this Zoom thing whilst we're doing this? No, you're right. I feel like it's right, mate. You've never looked better. Close the meeting. <laughs> Thanks, mate. This is really weird because this is what was happening when we played Dice Throne, remember? The levels, my levels kept going up and down. I'm not, I literally didn't touch anything. So for, um, oh, you're back. Oh, there you go. You're back. And oh. for anyone, for anyone who's listening <laughs> and not watching, uh, this is not a tech support show. Just, just in case you were wondering. That's true. And all the show and tell Greg just did, useless <laughs> for the oh. audio version. Wow. Because <laughs> literally, I didn't even think about that. So, welcome to the audio view, uh, listeners, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the show and tell. <laughs> show. The listen and tell. Uh, how, how have Too you guys fun. been? How's the, how's the ISO going? Um, well, for me, um, I, I, I don't mind it, <laughs> to be quite honest. Like, <laughs> I mean... Um, you get to sit here and play games. Yeah, like, you're kind of forced to do that, which in a weird way, as as much as it's not ideal, um, in the circumstances, it's kind of like it gives you an opportunity to actually sit there and play the games that you probably weren't playing before because you just didn't have the time of the day to do it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it'd be good, like if every year there was a coronavirus, like just for two months. No, <laughs> just just so you can no. catch up. <laughs> no, no. Can we call it something different? Because yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people are very ill or dead. Um, oh, it's true. Sorry, that is a little bit insensitive. Yeah, a little. Yeah, bit. I, I know what you were trying to say yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a pause on the world for two months, but let's let's make it a pause that no one actually dies from. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't mind the self isolation. It's yeah. I mean, Greg and I and yourself, like we're all just you know, loving the hobbies at the moment. Like it's like the perfect time to be a hobbyist for sure. And yeah, and look at I've I've got a lot of people I manage at work who are the way they've lifted to spend the, the time with their kids and do school studies and be involved in what's going on, there's a lot of a lot of positives that we need to take out of what's going on at the moment. And I think it's been um spectacular. For sure. Mm. Sure. I think it'll change. It'll just change behaviour, won't it? Really, after this, and you know, you you would like to think that it, it wouldn't take something like this to change people's behaviour, but um, unfortunately, you got to try and look for the positives out of the situation. And I think that's one thing that will come out of it. I think people's behaviours will actually change. I think people will now realise that, you know, they actually can work from home, yeah, rather than having yeah. to be in the office all the time, for example. So there's going to be things that come out of this. That you know will be positive in a really bad situation. That'd be cool the, to be a salesperson working from home, like on webcam feed. Like, hey, do you want to buy a couch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're outside your front door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, look, the biggest positive for me is I've learned how to play a few other games online, <laughs> like uh, Space Base. So, Josh, I'm I'm hanging out for a game of Space Base with you because I've played five times and I've won four times, and I haven't really. Really? Well, Greg, what they say is if you're a really good teacher at a game, it means that other people should beat you at the game. So um, maybe I've just taught you that well that you're really good at it. I don't really, I don't really remember you teaching me, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I remember Glenn and Claire teaching me uh, the game. No, yeah. So I love Space Base. So I think I said this after our podcast last time. I think it's my favorite yeah. game at the moment. Um it's a cracker. And, I'm, I'm waiting for the core. I've got the um, command station and the um, shy Pluto, Pluto expansion. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's one that um, <laughs> just the just the name of the game, Space Base. It just doesn't 
capture much imagination really at all. Everyone no. like here's and the game and they're like, that can't be good. Like yeah, it just yeah. can't be good. And then you show it to someone and it's great. It was a running joke in my family. I had space space. It was actually probably one of the first 10 games I ever purchased. And I just couldn't get it to the table because no one wanted to play space space. They're like, it can't be a good game. And I'm like, it's a really good game. And then every person, literally every person I've showed this game to has loved it. And now I know you guys and some of this um, Tabletop Knights team, I see on Tabletop Simulator playing Space Base. Well, it's, yeah, it's funny because it, it looks a bit blocky and clunky and you go, well, yeah, a couple of little charge cubes and mm. these tiny little space cards, the yep. ship cards and things like that. And, the, and then you play it and you go, ooh, the strategy just comes out. There's probably, I'm hoping the other expansions and, and other things make a bit more, I'd like to see some um, intensified player interaction. Because quite, yep. off, quite often it's just stopping someone grabbing a card by you grabbing it or something like that. There's not many direct attacks. So yep. I, I don't know if that's coming. Maybe. Yeah, so for the viewers that don't know what Space Space is, it's basically a dice roller in which each of you are controlling your own little... I suppose ship station um, you have 12 ships on your board at any one time from numbers one to 12 and basically you're rolling two dice and whatever the number total it, it could be you rolled a two and a six you can use the ship abilities of your two and six ship cards or you can use the ability of your eight card um, and that's kind of just the general gist of the game and throughout the game you're buying new cards but where the magic of the game is is your cards are better on other players' turns than they are on your own turns, so you're never out of the game. You're always interested in other players' roles, even more so than your own. Um, because when you're buying new ships, you're flipping the current ship in that slot. And when you flip the current ship, it gives you other things when other players roll it. So it may give you one goal every time someone rolls a six, for example. So you're, you're making like your, your numbers stronger. Um, essentially and but the mechanic of the game is great but you're right greg there isn't a lot of play interaction apart from taking cards that they might want to buy later there is literally only one card in space space that has any player interaction there's one in the whole of the game there's a card that when you roll a specific number and you have that card on your board every other player loses four victory points that's <laughs> the only one there's li there's literally one so um, yeah, I don't I exactly know what the other contents of the expansions give you, but that could be something they add. Yeah, I wouldn't mind something like a few pirate ships or something allow you to maybe pinch some gold or um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Where, or you might steal a ship or you might shoot a ship down and it has to be discarded or something like that. Look, there's, the possibilities are endless because it's a great engine builder for yourself. And, you know, what Glenn playing uh, the other day was getting heaps of combos, you know, with the, the arrows. Yeah, he had like four arrows that went to the right on someone else's roll. That and he's coming up with fourteen or fifteen gold every turn. It was crazy. Yeah. So you'll most likely see a playthrough of that game in the next week or so. Um, I I've been wanting to play Here to Slay, which was one we've mentioned on a previous podcast. So they got like thirty six thousand views. Um, Josh's webcam's frozen again. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great look too. Yeah. He's got, Looks like he's going, oh, hello. He's got um, his Macca's oh, cup. Uh, Here to Slay, so we'll be playing that. It's just the base like version. I don't think, because I think Here to Slay had like a multi, like an RPG story mode type thing. Uh, but yeah, this is just like the versus mode. Uh, uh, we definitely want to do Blood Rage as well. Um, that might be a 
Claire, Josh, Greg, and Glenn one too. So space space, and that might feature that. Uh, what's what's after trio? <laughs> Quadro, quadro, quadro. Uh, <laughs> we'll call it a quadro. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so look, we've got heaps of stuff awesome. planned. Um, the dice zone went okay. <laughs> uh, we, now we've figured out uh, how to do so, pro- proper camera angles in tabletop simulator, so it's less like like swishing around the board and more like cutting, like like we do when we play in person. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a podcast. Already, yeah. Well, we've been going for like forty-five minutes. Um, oh, well, that's far too long. Again, uh, if you want to, <laughs> again, if you want to hear the audio version, it is available on Anchor.fn slash Tabletop Nights. Uh, also, we live stream these randomly at Twitch.tv slash Tabletop the, the Tabletop Nights, so you can follow us on there, and that way you'll get a notification when we do go live, and you can leave us live comments and stuff, which is awesome. But uh, thank you very much for tuning in, watching or listening, no matter where you are. Uh, Josh, he's obviously really I'm loving still, that milkshake. I'm still here. Well, I, I think <laughs> still you, here. When we finish, I think you should try putting up a photo or something, maybe if this happens again, so that we don't see you in compromising <laughs> positions. That's yeah. true. You and Mr. Betzler. All right. Thank you very much for... It's so weird to say watching or listening. I, just call it whistening. Whistening. Uh, and next time we might have a quadro. So. A quadro. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Until next time. See ya. See ya. Bye.